Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you are listening to the Midlife Best Podcast, and this is episode 114. And today on episode 114, we're going to talk about college. We're going to talk about back to school and putting the teacher hat on and kind of going back to my original roots uh, of this podcast. But before we get started, I just want to let you know the website is currently up. It's running. Everything is working, including my free giveaway. So if you do not have my mini course, really a micro course, go over to midlifebest.com and grab that. It's absolutely free. And what it is, is a couple of really nice short PDF uh, printouts that you can use to study any self-help, nonfiction book, um, business books, finance books, books about faith. If you can hear birds in the background, it's because I am outside um, and the birds are being squawky today. But um, the the mini course will help you to study any type of nonfiction book. So it could be a book about relationships, a book about faith, anything that you probably already have on your bookshelf. Um, and we buy these books, we hear them recommended, we think they sound great, and then they come in the mail and or we get them at the bookstore, they go on the shelf. And I've done it too. I'm guilty of it too. But I know how to really study a book. As a teacher, as somebody who has spent years investing in hundreds of books, uh, I actually have hundreds of books. I give them away. I get rid of them and I just end up getting more. But this resource is a video with these PDFs. And so it really walks you through the process of how to study and get the most out of any book. And you can change your life for cheap. And that's kind of a little catchphrase that I use because you can. $15, $20 for a book. And it could be the book that really makes a difference in your personal life, in your faith, in your relationships, in your business. And so I am a huge reader, if you cannot tell. And um, so this little course will walk you through that. And it's totally free. Just sign up for my mailing list. And that's right there on the homepage of MidlifeBest.com. So now what I want to talk about today is I kind of am getting back to my roots from this podcast. So originally about two years and some months ago, I started a podcast and I called it The Learning Coach because I had recently published my first book, which is called Study Skills Survival Guide. And when I wrote that book, I was teaching high school. I'm currently teaching junior high middle school, but at that time I was teaching high school special education. Uh, Some of the students were getting ready to graduate, going off to college, and my own children were about that age as well. And I was thinking, well, what can I do with all these thoughts I have about how to be successful in college? And I was, uh, I, I did my bachelor's degree right after high school and went straight into a master's program. And then There was a gap of 10, 15 years. I haven't even calculated it. But then I went back for my teaching degree. So then I went back and got a different master's. And so I've kind of done the education thing from both sides, being a typical age college student as well as being an older college student taking classes online. And then as a parent and as a teacher, I just have a lot of different thoughts and perspectives about the learning process. And I've studied it a lot. Um, And so I put this little ebook together, Study Skills Survival Guide. And when I started the podcast, I wanted to talk about learning issues, 
whether it was typical age, young people, or whether it was for older students like me, adults who had gone back to get another degree or change careers. Um, And so I started the podcast and I really discovered over time that what I wanted to talk about more so was why I went back to school, the career change process, the midlife situation uh, that many of us are in that a person gets to midlife or the kids get a little older um, or you have kids or you don't have kids but you want to make some changes in your career and in your lifestyle and so it really changed and I realized that the podcast wasn't so much about education it was really more about why I went back to school and what I wanted to do with the next big thing or the next part of my life. And so all that to say, I still am very interested in educational topics. And I do have two children in college, adults in college, and one um, going in another year. And so in the news right now, there's been so much about, are we going back to school? What's happening with the COVID-19 virus? And everything happening in the world and are we going to be virtual or are we going to be hybrid or are we going to be full on campus and a lot's been in the news lately Florida just announced uh, I'm as I'm recording this it is July 7th Uh, I'm not even sure this is what happens in the summer but uh, yeah so July 7th and Florida just announced I believe yesterday that they are making plans for in-person reopening for the entire state. Uh, I live in New York and our governor just announced that we don't know yet and they have a task force working on it. They have committees working on it both at the government level, the local levels, the district levels, the union for the state is chiming in. So of course there are a lot of voices who want to be heard in this process and I think that's probably that's probably what we have to do is, is, you know, get a lot of opinions and a lot of fact-based, fact-based being the operative phrase, uh, a lot of opinions and a lot of fact-based data, and then we figure out what to do. And so we don't know. I We just ended school a couple of weeks ago where I live. And so as a teacher, I have really pretty much an open summer. I'm going to do a little bit of work for some special education meetings, but for the most part, I'm off in the summer and that's fantastic. I love that because I can do some things with my kids and my family, but we don't know. And we won't be scheduled to go back until right after Labor Day. But with that said, everyone from our principal you know, all the way on up to the state level, they've been very clear that they're developing multiple plans so that they're kind of as ready as possible for any scenario. Meaning, we, and we just actually got a survey that they asked us to fill out uh, from the district, you know, meaning that we may go full-time, we may go part-time, or we may be virtual, and we just don't know. And if they make a decision, say, in August for September, that also may change. We may be, we may be set to go back to school 
and we go back for three months and then at Christmas break they say yeah you know the vaccine didn't come along or the medications aren't as effective or whatever or the the cases are spreading um, and we we need to go back to virtual or the reverse could happen we start virtual and then hopefully best case scenario medications come along vaccine comes along herd immunity happens at least to some extent and then we can get back in the building so no one knows no one knows they're developing all these plans and they're trying to get options so what I will say about that is that I believe that many older students and that's at least the middle school age or perhaps high school age many of them can handle online learning but many cannot and it depends on so many factors the students maturity the availability of parents to help out and monitor technology my district is amazing with technology Um, they really truly are and every student had the availability of not only a computer but also internet so uh, that varies a lot throughout the country and it just depends where you live and it depends on so many factors but you know whether that student can be successful I, I also teach special education and so um, I have special education students who did better in distance learning than many of my higher performing uh, general education students and again because of external factors not because of the, the distance learning is just a situation but there's so many smaller pieces to that puzzle so not necessarily because of the fact that the student you know worked harder or tried harder there are just so many other things that play into it um, you know many students have uh, have siblings who need to be watched need to be cared for they have parents working from home or away from home it just depends and so some students do very very well and some students truly did not learn and did not succeed and it was a terrible situation for them not only academically but also emotionally also socially and we have to think about those things also because the whole person matters and whether that is your kindergartner or your 12th grader the whole person matters and so as a teacher um, you know I, I just have very mixed feelings and yet of course we want everyone to be healthy we want everyone to be safe we know that um, this is just a really crazy situation but what I also wanted to talk about today is college and because a lot of us if you're listening to a podcast midlife best you may have college age students or family members and it's a tough it's a tough call do you we I know people who are saying um, that they're not sending their college age student back to campus in the fall as of now I have uh, one who is about ready to graduate uh, next semester and is taking fully online courses but has been this entire time Uh, so 
nothing will change for that child. I have another child who, again, adult, (laughs) adult child, who does plan to return to campus, goes to school out of state, and has every expectation and hope to go back and return to campus. And I am comfortable with that. My husband and I are comfortable with that because we think that for that student, it's the best situation. Um, Then I have one who is getting ready to finish high school and trying to make college decisions. And right now can't do campus tours, can't do visits, everything's virtual. And that's a whole other, you know, situation. Now, as an educator, as a parent, I will say this. I think community college in many places can be an excellent, fantastic option. When a student graduates from a community college, they have credits that will be accepted by their state schools and many other schools. You have to check, you know, if a a student goes to community college in one state and then wants to get a four-year degree in another state, they need to see if those credits will transfer. And it, it really does depend, but if you are wanting a four-year degree um, and you start off with the two-year degree, that usually saves a ton of money and those credits usually uh, will transfer. And some people do not want that four-year degree. They want the two-year, especially if it's some type of a certificate program where they are actually certified to do something after those two years. So in other words, not just general studies, but something like um, a health care certification or um, an electrical, um, you know, heating, air conditioning. Those are more trade schools, but it depends where you live and and what your community college offers. Do I think those are great options? Yes, I do. Uh, My own mother back in the day, got that two-year degree, decided she really liked college, went on and got her four-year degree, um, and then her master's in education and and taught very successfully for many years. So I think that's a, a very viable option. Another option is to find a local college and live at home. Now, when I went to college, I did go to a small private Christian college in my hometown, but I did live in the dorms for one year because I wanted that college experience. I did not have siblings, and, you know, I really did want that in-dorm experience for a year. I'm glad I did it, Um, but I know that it cost my parents a decent amount of money for me to live on campus instead of live at home when it was the same town and and less than 10 minutes to school. Um, And I'm grateful that they did that for me. But this situation with the virus, it does make people rethink that. And I know that some people are not comfortable with their college age student living in a dorm under these circumstances. And certainly that is an individual decision that you have to make. And I know that it would be great if I could on this podcast, if I could say, this is what you should do. This is the, this is the decision that you should make, but I can't because I don't know so many factors. It, it does depend on your child's health status. Um, do they have pre-existing conditions? You know, have they had the virus already? Do you, do you 
as parents or as as grandparents if your children see their grandparents a lot do you have any conditions that if the child came home for Thanksgiving from the dorms and grandma lives with you and grandma has diabetes and heart issues you know you don't want the, the student then to be bringing things home what kind of a, a setup do you have at your house if the student came home, could they kind of live in the basement and have their own bathroom or would they be sharing? I mean, there's just so many unknown factors. But I will say just to kind of balance, and this is how we're trying to think things through, balance reality and the, the severity and the seriousness, gravity of this situation, balance all of that with the fact that we still have to live our lives and we do still have to move on. And for our students and for our young adults in their teens, in their 20s, um, they need to be able to live their lives. And, and it is probably different for them and the decisions um, that they have to make and that we have to help them make, right? because we are training them to live as independent adults. The decisions that they have to make are probably going to be different than the decisions that we will make in the midlife phase and that we will hope that our parents make in their golden years. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. And I know that most of you listening to this are totally aware of that and you're thinking along the same lines and so this is just my thought process and I'm kind of sharing with you um, what I'm thinking watching the news and you know the People magazine had an article online about Harvard and saying you know Harvard tuition is over $49,000 a year and that does not include room and board and books and all of that so it's in the 70s however most students do get scholarships and, and um, so they're not actually paying that out of pocket or getting loans for that. But if you said $70,000 a year times four years and you thought $280,000 for a degree, that's pretty crazy, right? Um, but Harvard announced that they will be having about 40% of students on campus, and that will include all of their freshmen um, for this next year. But other students, many of them, will be expected to go fully online but still pay full tuition. And, and people are kind of tipping their heads to the side and saying, why would you pay 50000 or close to $50,000 a year for online classes? Well, I can't answer that. I don't think to me uh, that it would be worth that. But I can see that if you were three years into a Harvard degree, you wanted to go ahead and finish what you started and you don't want to transfer somewhere else or you're in a program that you like and you're you know, really feeling successful, those students probably don't want to, um, to do something different for the fall. They probably want to continue at Harvard and, and I can understand that, but wow, that just doesn't that seem like a lot of money for online classes? Which leads me to kind of my final thought, and that's this. Um, college is not 
a guarantee of any type of success in life. And college is not required. Now, I think education is required, um, meaning that you have to be trained and, and taught to do a lot of things, even if those things are artistic or hands-on in nature. There are other ways to get trained, to get educated, besides going to an institution. But for many degrees, for many careers, you do need college. I needed college to be a teacher. I needed college to do case management that I, that I did before I was a teacher, to work for nonprofits. Um, the types of jobs that I had required a degree. And teaching absolutely requires a degree, and so many other jobs do. So I'm pro-education in a lot of ways, but I also realize that for many students, many young adults, there is more than one way to get that education. And so I understand if people are feeling right now a little torn about college. And yes, if you skip a year, take a year off and work or whatever, you can go back a gap year. But, well, that's for mostly for people, for students getting out of high school, taking the year before they begin college, not kind of in the middle of the process. But I will say that I, I've heard that sometimes people do that and don't ever go, don't ever end up going. But sometimes I wonder if that's because they were ambivalent about going in the first place. And at 18, they said, well, I don't know if I want to go. I'm going to take a gap year. And then they kind of confirmed that they didn't really want to go. Um, so it's not that, uh, that the gap year was detrimental. It just helped for them to clarify what they wanted. And that's, that's good too, you know. Better, better that than go for a year or two and then say, I hate it and I'm miserable. So going directly after high school isn't always required. And I think we have to keep that in mind. Um, but... I know there's all this research that, and I, I understand, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about research for a second. There's all this research that says people who have bachelor's degrees or master's degrees make more money. Yes and no. So when you look at research like that, it doesn't mean that the degree caused them to make more money. There are other factors. So perhaps students who went on and got that degree, perhaps they came from families that were just very supportive. Perhaps they met people and they networked and they were able to, because of who they met in college and because of those networking opportunities, they were able to find more um, job options that paid better over time. But there also is that potential that the degree did cause them because of better opportunities caused them to make more money over time um, or cause them to move up into positions that maybe you have to have a degree to be qualified for. And also when they do that, that math, they're averaging in those super high paid professions that require degrees, such as doctors and lawyers. And so when they average in all that money, 
it brings up the average even though many people with a degree are not making high high salaries if that makes sense so let's say that someone has a degree and makes thirty thousand dollars a year which i did with a master's um, when i was working in nonprofit, by the way but let's also say another person has a degree in advanced degrees and is making $275,000 a year, but they average that. So when they do that type of research and they publish those studies saying people with college degrees tend to make X dollars more per year, that's not the full picture. And I just, I want to point that out because if your child <laughs> does not have that degree, that piece of paper, that doesn't mean they're not going to be successful. It doesn't mean they're not going to make money. It doesn't mean that they're throwing their life away. Um, but there are also a lot of other options. We've had family members, several family members who've chosen military as an option. Um, so there are definitely other ways to get educated, to get trained for jobs. We've had family members who do have you know done vocational programs and that's been really successful too. So I just wanted to kind of I guess share my education thoughts right now is I'm on summer break, but the the wheels are still spinning in teacher mode and in parent mode about all that's going on in education right now. It's a bit of a tornado. It's a bit crazy. Sometimes I think that all that chaos can result in moving forward in, in, a, in a better way. I think that... Um, analyzing why we do things the way we do them, why our education for children and for young adults is, you know, it, to say, well, we've always done it this way. That might not be good enough. That might not be the right answer. We've always done it this way, but maybe we need to make some changes. So whether that's changes to our public education system or to our higher education system, at least now we're taking a look at things and saying, how can we do it differently? And, you know, it kind of goes back to the Anthony Robbins um, self-help stuff. He, he said something I listened to once, and um, he said, well, I know you can't do it, but if you could, how would you do it? So, that is more directed to an individual, right? If you, well, I, I know you can't get a better job, but if you could, how would you do it? But if we look at that systemically and we say, well, I know we can't fix education, but if we could, how would we do it? Well, I know we can't reevaluate, um, you know, our, our, our in-person classroom experience or our online classroom experience, but if we could, how would we do it? And I think right now we're in a time of opportunity. People are open to options and change and their eyes are open and their ears are open and their minds are open and they're saying well I know we can't I know we can't educate during a virus during a terrible pandemic but if we could how would we do it well I know that we can't possibly educate these kids in August or September when we go back to school but if we could how would we do it and those questions are going to give us some new ideas and some answers that we probably were not willing to look at a year ago. So I am hopeful as an educator and as a parent that we'll come up with some good ideas and we'll muddle through. And as always, 
when we try new things, sometimes it's messy and sometimes we do it wrong. And sometimes we start something and then we think, well, that didn't work. That's not going well at all. We need to change real quick. And we have to be willing to do that. So I'm gearing up for whatever the ride might bring, but I'm certainly glad to have a little bit of downtime right now to rest and, um, and prepare myself for what might come. And I think it's gonna be okay. I really, really do. And that's not just Pollyanna, that's not just you know me looking on the bright side, but I really do think it's gonna be okay. Our kids are still gonna get educated and our young adults are still gonna get education and training and they're gonna go out there in the world and they're gonna figure it out um, like we did, like our parents before us and so on. So I hope that this has been somehow helpful or informative to you. I would love to see you sign up for the newsletter. So again, head on over to midlifebest.com, get that free resource. I honestly have not been sending out newsletters for a couple months, just have not been feeling like sending it out. And I also, people don't really want more noise. So now I think would be a good time to start sending out those newsletters with the links to the podcast, reminders of things that are going on. And I'm definitely uh, creating, I have some projects coming up on the horizon and there will be some things for sale on the website coming up in the next month or two. So with that, I will wish you well and I'll talk to you again soon.